Welcome to the big if i am what's my luther i'm luther yeah you are luther yeah and uh i'm here with my co-host d'angelo who has just a a banging tina turner hanging out on his shirt right now now sorry, i got what... it thank you yeah. thank you i would not be caught dead in a tina turner shirt why not oh just i'm team whitney were they rivals uh, not that I'm aware of, but I just feel like there's only, you can only really truly love one. If you think, if so, like, do you think, um, they would be like, a if celebrity death match was a thing, you know, in the eighties, you think, or seventies and eighties, you think that they would be paired together? I could see that there's some parallels between the two of them with, uh, you know, their talent, some of their toxic happenings in their personal life i know whitney had a rough go of it with bobby brown at times i'm pretty sure tina had a rough go of it with ike turner there for a minute so maybe they're more similar than than dissimilar maybe maybe they would be a tag team they could be a tag team against bobby and ike that's funny. are you a con- are you a concert guy you enjoy live music yeah I love live music yeah i recently was kind of thinking about some concerts that i never got the chance to see and will never get the chance to see and there's there's two that stick out in my mind that i really didn't appreciate as much as i would have liked until after they they passed on mm-hmm. and one of those is whitney houston i love whitney um never got the chance to see her she was you know i was young when she was in her prime but um and then prince i would have liked to have been around for prince being in his heyday that would have been an amazing one. And I agree that I didn't develop like an appreciation for a couple of these artists until more recently in life. And um, I'm trying to think who I would even add to that list. I was going to I was going to ask you if you could if you could see live in concert one person that you never got the chance to see. And unfortunately, because they're no longer with us, you will never get the chance to see. Who would you pick? There's some good choices out there. There are. Um, I mean, uh, is TLC still touring? With you know, Yeah, they touring? were actually just in St. Louis about two weeks ago. It was TLC, which I think at this point it might just be T and C. TLC Plus. And then uh, they were with Shaggy. Shaggy, okay. And In Vogue. Oh, interesting. And I didn't make it to that one, but yeah, TLC still does their thing. Um, I feel like there's some country artists or something like a George Strait that I'd like to uh, would have liked to see. Is he still alive? Is George Strait still with us? Let me look that up. I know um, Randy Travis is alive. I'd like to see him. George Strait is alive. He is 71 years old. Wow. Wow. Well, he should be touring if um, Willie Nelson's in, in the indication. Willie Nelson just keeps going. Uh, Willie Nelson was just in St. Louis as well. You guys have a good concert series coming through there. Yeah, and uh, I, I went. We can talk about this in a minute, but I had a good week of weekend ish mm-hmm. of uh, live music. Saw first time I've ever done this, but saw the same concert two nights in a row wow okay what back to back it was this at bush stadium the country concert it was before we get into that though i don't want to have adhd too bad give me give me a couple of possibilities for that artist you wish you could have seen question oh man i'm not good with on the spot questions i'll okay i'll throw out some possibilities okay there's Whitney, there's Prince, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, that would have been cool. Tupac, Biggie. Yeah. The Doors. Would have loved to see uh Tupac for sure. Amy Winehouse. Um, no, I probably wouldn't have gone to that one. Yeah. I think I mean Tupac and Biggie, both of those would have been cool. 
but I just think like overall, like vibe wise, I think I'm going to go Prince. I would have loved to have seen Prince. I bet he puts on an amazing show too. I mean, that Super Bowl halftime, like leaves Rihanna's in the dust. Yeah, I think uh, unofficial list I heard back around the Super Bowl time, but some list I heard, I think Prince got the number one spot. Yeah, he's in everyone's number one spot. I remember those lists. You remember how passionate I was about the Rihanna halftime performance? Yeah, and I, I also know how passionate you are about lists. You you kind of were BuzzFeed before BuzzFeed kind of became the master of the list. Yes, I was. Yeah, I used to make lists of, um, of uh, um, things I need to do today. Yeah. And um, celebrities I want to kiss. Who's and, on that list? Uh, I made it in like fourth grade. So probably Reba McIntyre. Who was your first celebrity crush that you remember? Um, I would say Elizabeth Hurley from Austin Powers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't the think you had. I remember being like, wow, oh my gosh, this is like the most beautiful woman in the world. Thinking, thinking. And that was what, seventh or eighth grade? Something like that. Yeah. And I, I've got two of them. Uh, the earliest one that I really remember was 1996. I would have been 11 years old. And it was the U.S. gymnast, Dominique, Mo- Dominique Mochianu. Dominique Mochianu. Not to be confused with Dominique Dawes. Right. Same team, same squad. But I was more in, on, in camp Mochianu. I remember she did the floor routine to the song Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> and she was just cute as a button. I and I had it bad for her at the time. And I think she, you know, she was close to my age. She was a year or two older than me. I think she might have been about 13 or 14 when that was going on. And I was 11. But I don't remember crazy that like a 13 or 14 year old can even compete in the Olympics. That is crazy. I don't, I, well, how do you feel about age limits for the Olympics? Like in terms of on the low end, not a cap, yeah. but like a. Yeah, well, obviously, I don't think there should be a cap, but you're going to age yourself out of, the, of any sport eventually. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, in a lot of sports that I think have, you know, w- when strength and when certain kinds of strength come into play, like you're not going to be able to compete with people that have grown into their full adult human bodies. But in my minimum knowledge of gymnastics, it feels like maybe when you're younger and more malleable yeah, and ply, you know, figure skating too, I think. Yeah. Um, it's tough, man. You're <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody that's kind of not really mentally ready to handle something like that for the most part but well look 12 13 14 years old in my opinion is too young for the olympics now i understand that you you have a you have a window every four years so you can't pick the age necessarily that you are going to peak yeah your physique so and i i I understand that you got to take advantage of the opportunity but 13 and 14 are too young. 12 is way too young. I think 12 is definitely too young. 13 starting to get into a gray area for me. Um, yeah, you're right. That four-year thing kind of kind of stings. Because if you wait till you're 20 years old, uh, you probably only have two legitimate shots. And then maybe that third one is kind of like up in the air when you're 28. Yeah, I think you do. I would say, in my opinion, 16 is the youngest one should be able to compete at in the Olympics. You got to be able to drive yourself to practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, can you imagine, like, what what was our biggest concern when we were 13? Like whose mom was going to drop off the group at the mall or at the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How to get into an R rated movie. Yeah. Uh, You have the weight of your country sitting on your shoulders at 13. Yeah. That is a formative event. 
Well, I remember I, she was my first crush and I, I've always been, you know, this about me. I've always been like a real romantic at heart. Oh yeah. Hopeless one might say. Uh, I think, I think on more than one occasion, I have thought that writing a love letter to the apple of my eye was a good idea. Uh And I I I want to dominate. I think, I think I'm a hundred with a hundred percent certainty. Every time I've done it, it has not had the intended result that I was looking for but I I don't remember writing one to Dominique but I know that I did because I don't know eight ten years ago or something like that I decided I was going to do my parents a solid and kind of clean the house a little bit while they were away their house so I was kind of just helping straighten some stuff and purge some things from the house and I found the letter that I wrote to Dominique Mochianu and I get and had put in the mail and my mom, I'm guessing, obviously decided we're not we're not sending this. We're just going to save the money on this stamp. And the letter never got sent off. So you the know, stamp was applied, though. The stamp was already committed. Like you, you've got to let that one fly. That's true. And if my mom and this is a young man of passion here it really was. And if if my mom is the reason that I did not end up uh finding my soulmate at 13 or I was 11 she was 13 you know I could be I could be Mr. Mochianu at this point and we just never will know because Jeannie had to try to play God and keep that love from happening Dominique and D'Angelo Mochianu has a nice ring to it first off second thought is nowadays you might be able to get through quicker or more more effectively with a letter than you would with like a direct message or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I had it bad for her and yeah, I don't, I think I was so appalled as like a 31 year old when I found that letter that I don't even know that I read it. Cause you know, I think back to also what you still have it. I think I got rid of it without looking at it. I think I was just trying to save myself the shame. I don't even think I read it, but my my penmanship was good even at the tender age of 11 and i you know like i said hopeless romantic i'm sure the words that i crafted to the gold medal medalist gymnast i, I don't see how she would have been able to turn it down so again genie you really you see blocked me on that one and i don't really appreciate it what i <laughs> what i wish she would have done is uh is c block me when i wrote the next one which I believe was senior year of high school when I won our homecoming King. And I had a kind of a thing for the, the homecoming queen. So winning together really seemed like destiny. And I remember after we won and the song that played seemed really symbolic to the situation. And I remember writing her a letter similar to the one I wrote Dominique and unfortunately, Jeannie didn't step in when I was 17 and save wow. me the humiliation because, again, it did not go the way that I had hoped. And uh, yeah, that that's that's a tough one to come back from. Two unrequited loves there. And um, the letter, maybe the letter writing is what. Do, do you remember? Um, obviously, you didn't reread your Dominic Mochiano love letter. Right. Did. Is there any chance that um, you repurposed some of the language from that in your homecoming love letter? <laughs> no, no, because I, I think I grew up a lot between the ages of 11 and 17, like most of us do. But I think I matured and I think I started to come up with, with what I thought love was supposed to be. And I remember, I'm not going to get into any of of what was in that homecoming letter. Uh, but it was heartfelt, guaranteed. It was, it was heartfelt and there was a lot of like wording and verbiage that like felt like it, it matched the situation. Like it was, it was pertinent to the, the whole thing. And what I was saying to Dominique at 11 would not have been the same that I was saying to my homecoming queen uh, back right. in, I, I guess would have been the fall of 02, but you know, you you strike out a couple times. You got to just keep swinging. You got to keep swinging. Yeah, even if um, even if the letter's never even delivered, you got to keep swinging. 
Yeah. And my second, the the next celebrity crush, and then we can be done with that. But I, I had it real bad in middle school and the beginning of high school for Britney Spears. The hit me baby one more time just had me feeling certain okay. kind of ways. I feel like I remember that about you, um, where you really, uh, that album cover in the plaid schoolgirl skirt and everything. Yeah. That was a big album cover for a lot of young gentlemen at that time. Turn a lot and of young gentlemen into a lot of horny dogs, I feel like. And I remember the things that stick out in your memory. I remember my dad driving me to the Blockbuster Music. Do you remember that store? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Blockbuster Music in South County. Yeah, that was huge. And what? I wanted to... I wanted to buy the Britney Spears album. And as a 14, 15 year old, no, I wouldn't have been 15, whatever I was, 13 or 14 year old boy, I was absolutely horrified to walk into this record store and put the the Hit Me Baby One More Time CD on the counter. I remember that that really having to be something that I worked up to. Because you felt uh, ashamed to check out with it? Is it like first time buying condoms where you're like, uh, condoms? Yeah, I mean, you just, in that area of music, you know, I think grunge had kind of come and maybe was on its way out with like Nirvana and Bush and things like that, Blink-182. But the boy band phase was really was really firing on all cylinders with NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Pop was you know, making its way. Yeah, and I think a lot of the the rock and roll, like, musical purist probably looked down at the popularity of that bubblegum pop music. So I think I probably just felt a little emasculated, you know, putting that pink CD down on the counter and being like, yeah, this is this is what I'm buying. And he was probably wearing a Slipknot shirt corn yeah i mean he probably thought that i was you know he probably didn't care for my taste in music uh and i've all you know i i sometimes even to this day care a little too much about what people think so i can only imagine at 13 or 14 i remember like i really i got in i got out no eye contact just straight back out to the car i um i can relate to I can relate to that because it's uh, honestly, anytime we go to Trader Joe's um, and I think they're trained to do this, but you check out, you know, you got your frozen mac and cheese or you got something you're like, oh, have you tried that? Oh, you're going to have some, some good food this weekend. And I'm sitting there like, don't even look at what you're checking out for me. I don't, I don't want you to know what I'm eating. I don't want you to ask about what I'm eating. Um, if you want to ask about my plans for later today, that's fine. But I feel uh, I feel kind of judged whenever I'm checking out, especially if someone, and this is honestly in any transaction. Um, maybe that's part of the reason why online shopping has, has grown so uh, uh, pervasive is that you don't want to go to, um, you don't want to go somewhere and, and check out uh you know roll like 20 packs of toilet paper yeah i knows that you're gonna wipe your ass with that toilet paper yeah and you shouldn't feel ashamed because we all use it we all need it yep but there's just something about it and i all i mean i 99 percent of the time in a retail situation end up using the self-checkout not necessarily because of embarrassment but just ease of use and i think it's quicker it's quicker yeah and uh i use apple pay so mm-hmm. I, I feel like i'm hitting a cheat code um anytime i'm going through and uh, yeah my goal when i'm doing the self-checkout if i'm waiting in line for it is to show the person behind me how it's done right yeah in and out you know dilly dallying around yeah stop messing around like find the set your bag down so yep. the scale gets used to that weight immediately yeah start looking for them barcodes yeah and work it and then don't get your card in your wallet out just double click your phone pay with your pay with a tap and be on your way 
I love that you take it upon yourself to to set an example for fellow man on how to be a considerate citizen to those around him. Because there's uh, there's nothing worse than you're at, you know, one of those self checkouts and you're like next in line and you're sitting there watching these morons just fumble fuck around. It's like the first time they've ever done it. They don't understand the technology. Yeah, they need go, they need help. The regular checkout. Yeah. Uh, what's the most, can you think of a time where you were buying something and it was the most embarrassed you've been to be making that purchase? Um, embarrassed, I'm not sure, but I, I feel like, you know, um, maybe even, maybe this was even with you or, uh, with Danny or with someone, you know, someone in high school where it would be around Halloween time and you'd check out with like two cartons of eggs and some toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're sitting there like they, they fucking know exactly what we're going to do with these, the time of year, the, the product itself. Um, I, I wish we would have had self checkout in those days. I've always thought it would be funny to go through First the time condoms too is, is like pretty nerve wracking. Yeah, that was going to be mine. Not necessarily condoms, but uh, I think, I don't know if we've talked about this on the pod before, but I've, I'm sure I've talked to you about it. KY or whatever. Yeah. The Roman swipes. Oh, there you go. Did you buy that at a retail store? The first time I got them, I bought them at Walmart. And I, I've since learned that you can get them on Amazon. And if you don't know what Roman swipes are, if if maybe maybe in the throes of passion, you find yourself maybe not always having it have the duration that you would like. There's these things called Roman swipes. And I went through a phase where your boy needed needed something. Mm -hmm. And I heard about these Roman swipes and uh, they come in a discreet little thing that kind of looks like a condom wrapper. But um, when, when the time comes, you just uh, apply this wipe to your sensitive area um, it recommend recommends to wait five minutes um, and then uh, you can do your thing and it it you know kind of a desensitizer mm -hmm. uh, but I the first time I bought them and it would be one thing because Walmart does have self-checkout but because of I guess theft and whatnot the condoms and the other sexual objects are in a locked case yeah, so, so you gotta you gotta have someone come over yeah. So I had to go, I'm standing there. I, I have you to ask him the, about the product. I did not. So you have to hit the button, which like alerts the entire store, like assistance needed in the condom aisle. Family planning. Yeah. Yeah. So this, okay. And if, you know, I'm looking around like, okay, which of these Walmart employees do I hope comes over here? Like, <laughs> And I, I remember, I don't, I think it was an older woman, like maybe in her sixties or her seventies came over and, you know, I'm, I'm worried to death. I'm going to have to be like, hello, Blanche, would you mind giving me the, uh, the, I don't want to come so fast wipes, please. <laughs> but luckily she just, she opened the thing and just kind of like, let me grab what I needed. She didn't, you know, she wasn't really too much of a part of it, which could have been by design. I appreciate the way she handled that because Sounds like a professional. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I would handle it the same way. Um, you know, nobody, you know, if it's condoms, it's one thing, but if you're buying something like I was buying, or, you know, if you're getting some toys that like Walmart has like vibrators and lube and all, you know, you could feel a little, a little self-conscious about that. So I respect Blanche's decision to kind of just look the other way and be like, Hey man, you get what you need to get. I feel you. I like the idea of maybe going in and asking for help and maybe recommendations even like, now what is the advantage of this over like uh, smacking my balls with a rubber band? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you, have you heard, have you heard any reviews? Like are your customers typically more, I'm happy with uh, lambskin or do they like the classic rubber? Like what would you recommend for like, not a first timer, but like a 50th timer? Yeah. She comes up, she's like, Hey, you need help with anything? 
Yeah. So I got some questions. So I've been coming really, really fast. <laughs> Do you have anything that might, you know, make that not happen? I wonder. I'll I'll 33. We'll send. Yep. My... I know exactly what you need, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, luckily those are now on Amazon. So if if we go through that kind of thing again and I can just have them to my doorstep in like six hours. I don't have to go anywhere for them. Hopefully I just don't need them. You know, um, Amazon Prime Day is coming up. I'm sure you've seen or heard or like, because they've advertised the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, I've got like a weird, uh, maybe not weird, but really normal toiletry things like um, body wash or shampoo, toothpaste, deodorant. My wife, anytime those runs, those type of things run out, she's like, I'll just go on Amazon and get it. And I'm going, okay. Or we could, we could drive like three minutes and get it now. But she's, she really seems intent on getting almost everything through Amazon. Whereas I'm of the mind that I want to go and evaluate my choices. I pretty much know what I'm going for. Sure. But I feel I feel like something's getting lost out there where purchasing online through Amazon is is really um it's like too convenient almost like and it also by the way you're you're making people drive to you you're adding a carbon footprint they're packaging it up with all that packaging so just environmentally I feel like driving over to CVS or Walgreens is probably a better choice for me, I think. But I, I, I don't, what are your thoughts? I don't disagree. Whenever I need soap, shampoo, body wash, a loofah, toothpaste, yeah. a toothbrush, anything like that, I like to go and grab it. Because like you said, do I know what I'm getting? Yeah, I think I do. But perhaps I see something that catches my eye that I really wasn't thinking of or didn't know about. Maybe something's on sale that is a little bit more, excuse me, a little more financially right for that time. And I like just going and grabbing those things. And I'm guilty of making the unneeded target run just because I like, you know, I like getting out and being at the store and yeah, yeah. around seeing some other human beings. But you're right. We've become pretty reliant on having basically whatever we need and want just at our doorstep yeah and i'm not sure if that's good for us and i can't pinpoint exactly why i mean look i made the environmental argument that that holds water in my opinion but um yeah this culture of convenience like to your to like the doorstep culture we'll call it yeah um is really uh it's just enabling us i think you know, and I, I'm I'm the same way with uh, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub. Like, I don't use that. Don't use that anymore. Used to, um, when when we first moved in together, my wife and I, we would use it all the time. Um, and it was convenient. It is convenient. But then, like, we added up. One time, we had a friend over who's like, no, nah, I never use those. We go, why? Because the service fees. And so we did, like, a little experiment. And I mean, we were ordering things like two, three times a week. So we added up what just the delivery fee would be. And we were paying well over like $1,500 a year, strictly in delivery fees, because we wouldn't get out into our car and just just drive 10 minutes or round trip to go through a drive-through or something like that. And so then and there, I pretty much swore off all of these companies. I don't hate it. I kind of like your mindset on some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Go out there and get something for yourself. You know, go out there, get out there, people. I'm I'm ready to run through a fucking brick wall for you right now. By the way, uh, quick question for you. What do you think Dominique Mochianu's um, net worth is? I have it up here on my other screen. Oh, you do? Yeah. I don't... I. I don't think it's probably super high. Okay. I know that's a subjective term, but 
You're talking about uh, a former gold medal winner, by the way. Yeah. Um, probably makes money on speaking fees, is coached, consulting. I'm going to say sponsorships. I, I'm not going to be surprised if I'm too high. Okay. But I'm going to say 1.5 million. You're, you're pretty close. It's 2 million. Yeah. 2 million I'm, buckaroos. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, she probably did some endorsement things back when she was late teens. I don't, I don't ever remember hearing about her doing a whole lot post Olympics. Like Wheaties box girl. I'm sure she was with that, uh, that Olympic, uh, team. There was Carrie Strug. Remember Carrie Strug? Oh yeah. She was the one with the leg thing and had the coach, right? Like she was like yep. the, the, the hero of the yeah. team. There was a pretty funny Saturday night live skit where Chris Kattan was playing yeah, Carrie Strug and the coach is like holding him in, in his arms. Like the coach, Bella Caroli, Bella Caroli was the coach. Wow, I never would have guessed that. And I, there's been some stories come out about gymnastics, and it's kind of I think there's they go through some toxic things in terms of the way they treat the athletes. There's probably been some sexual abuse allegations in there too. I know that's something to kind of uh, just guarantee. And when you have when you in gymnastics specifically, I mean, these women and men are being brought into it so early. Mm -hmm. um and i feel like uh well i guess i mean obviously any youth sports you're being brought into it early but gymnastics specifically i think like they really emphasize like getting them in there early and there's a lot of pressure for kids who have like olympic aspirations so yeah they go through some shit and i guarantee that there are coaches uh mentors people who are enabling like some pretty nasty shit to happen like the ohio state wrestling team remember oh yeah 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 thanks yeah, that... jordan you piece of shit <laughs> he's one of my least favorite we've talked about the wall full of shitheads before yeah he's he's like he's an he's a he's an emerging candidate to you know to top that list if there if there wasn't so many other strong ones out there he would be right there he would <sighs> i feel yeah yeah. You know what else I don't like about him? I don't like the way he looks in a dress shirt and tie. Yeah, because he always wears a stupid... Yeah, he looks stupid. He looks sloppy. He doesn't have... I don't know if he undoes the top button or if the tie's a little too loose, but I don't feel like he looks buttoned up enough to be a senator. And maybe that's an antiquated way of thinking, but I want I want my leaders to look and sound and act distinguished. And I don't feel like Jim Jordan hits on any of those three. So did you know who John Fetterman is? I know the name. So he is a senator, not a congressman, but a senator from Pennsylvania who has had like brain damage, essentially. Still got elected in over um, one of those TV doctors. Uh Doc, not Dr. Phil. Whatever. So got you beat this guy out. Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. Yeah. 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 And this guy dresses like uh, a low rent Bill Belichick. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, and he like, won and he's currently. Yeah. And then he had to like go and go into the hospital for mental issues. This is all while he's an active senator. Um and, you know, he's showing up to, uh, like, bill signings and press conferences and, like, a hoodie and fucking Crocs and stuff. This, this guy is not your cup of tea. Yeah. Well, you know who what? I hate to always go back to him with this stuff because I'm sure he wasn't perfect. But that's why I just like Barack Obama so much. He looked the part. He spoke well. He seemed to be... Uh, he, he seemed to treat people well. I could be way off. Maybe there's stuff about him that I just don't know. But that's that's what I think of when I think of a leader. Well-spoken, well-put-together. So Always that's enough. Composure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, he is a leader. And I'll never forget uh, on his 100th day in office, day number 100, 
he was still doing town hall meetings and, and like you know speeches like not like a victory lap or anything but for some reason he just kept doing that he wanted to connect with people yeah 100 in office he decides he's going to come to arnold missouri and do a little speech at fox high school and wow wow so wow wow wow, wow. You, yeah it, it was a big deal and so you could and he was like the biggest name on earth at the time mm-hmm. um just had like a windswept campaign like first like true use of social media for a major presidential campaign like he was everywhere like i remember him being showing up at the uh the all-star game in St. Louis that summer and like all the players in the locker room were like starstruck, but um, he came to Arnold, Missouri and you could go onto some website and submit yourself to get, basically get tickets for it. You could get up to two. And so I did it. I, um, I did it while on work hours and I probably billed the time to someone else, but I did it. And then the next morning I get a call from the white house and her name was Wendy. And she goes, hi, this is Wendy. So-and-so from the white house. Um, just wanted to confirm that you're still interested in this. We'd love to extend you uh, two tickets. And it's like, yeah, of course I'm doing, I'd love to do this. And so um, sure enough, like, they sent me not something physical, like a digital copy of a ticket or whatever. And my sister and I went to this thing. It was really, I don't remember a word he said. I've got his speech uh, on a document somewhere on a computer somewhere. But um, I do remember being like starstruck and being like, holy crap, like I do basketball camp on the same floor that you're standing on right now. So this was obviously pre your move to California. Yeah, I was working in Clayton at the time. Wow, that would that would have been cool. He almost seems like he was the first politician, probably president. Well, I don't know. I don't know what Bill Clinton was like because I was just a, a youngster. But Barack seemed to be the first one where the president became kind of a pop culture figure as much as a leader. Like you said, athletes were were dapping him up uh entertainment industry people a lot of those people loved him was he the first like pop culture president was was w bush that way i don't we were in high school well pop culture yeah i mean like saturday night live's been making fun of presidents for for ages sure but he was definitely the first social media like president i would say and i think his reach probably expanded further than any other prior president because of that and so i get what i get what you're saying like he was he was a celebrity more than just uh uh maybe that's the way i was looking at it right because you're right presidents have been being part of those skits on snl and stuff forever yeah but like after obama you know uh trump was obviously like a, a more of a celebrity than he was a politician yeah. I don't know that I don't know is Biden would you put Biden in that category? No, I wouldn't, too out of touch? I wouldn't call no. him a celebrity. I mean, obviously, yes, under like the term celebrity, yeah, you probably you probably could, but I wouldn't say he was I wouldn't say he's as celebrated as what Obama or Trump were. Sure. You want to get out of politics? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I went to, we started talking about it, got to go to a pretty badass couple of nights of concerts here in the Lou. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just heard a door close in my house and I'm the only one home. Hoping that's the wind. Go ahead. I've seen a lot of like ghost type stories on TikTok lately. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of I'll... ghosts on Reddit lately for some reason. Ghosts are making a comeback. And I know you're not a TikTok guy, but are you familiar with this woman who got kicked off of the plane in Dallas? I think it was. Uh, this is Southwest flight. I don't know what the airline. I, I'm not sure. I'll look. I'll try to look it up while we're t- actually. You can Google it if you don't mind. While I'm kind of setting the premise here, but the video's been all over TikTok. There's this woman who 
the video starts and she's like walking up the aisle. I think it's getting ready to take off. And she's saying, I'm getting off this plane. I'm not riding on this plane. That man right there, that motherfucker, he's not real. He's not real. And at least in my opinion, she didn't seem intoxicated, like alcohol wise. I don't know about like any sort of like what else could have been in her system, but she seemed more coherent than a lot of these people that you see causing a ruckus on the plane. And then naturally all the TikTok investigators get involved. And the talk is that of, are you familiar with the term shapeshifter? Only from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I don't fully understand it either. Uh, I've, I've seen the, the, the term shapeshifter. I've seen like a reptilian. They call it a reptilian at times. But almost like she saw a, a person that was not really a person. And it had her spooked so much that she said she was getting off the plane. And there's been a lot of viral videos you're not you're not familiar with this story at all i'm looking at i'm looking it up right now and apparently carrot top was on the same flight <laughs> that's how you know it's legit that's the first link that comes up when you google woman kicked off plane dallas yeah so whoever she was seated by um something about that person or non-person spooked her and she she definitely was of the opinion that that was not a real person. Then there's people that make response videos talking about instances where they've seen shapeshifters and things that just couldn't have been real people. Uh, a lot of times I've seen them describing the eyes. They see it in the eyes. They're not human eyes. It's like dark and I, I don't fully understand it, but. So has she, the person that she was saying he's not real spoken out? Not that I've heard. I feel like that would have been, there'd be videos all about that, but uh, no, not that I'm aware of. And she called him a shapeshifter. That's what you're. That's where the term's coming from. I don't know that she personally said the phrase shapeshifter, but all these like response videos, that's kind of the trending word on what this could be. I'll tell you, man, um, I don't believe in ghosts, but they really seem to be making a comeback. And I don't know that a shapeshifter is much is as much of a ghost as it is more of like some sort of I don't want to use the term alien, but almost like a extraterrestrial. I don't know if those are exactly one and the same, but uh, I think they're pretty much similar. Yeah, I don't mean an alien in like the cinematic kind of characterization of it, like a little green body and yeah. but. Yeah, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this because I'm really uneducated on it. But this woman saw she was convinced that this being was not a person. Wow. And it's all over TikTok. I wonder if she was high is my first quote, first thought. Yeah. And second thought, I wonder if this person was like being a creep too. And it's hard to what say. What does Caratop have to do with all this? I don't get why he was on the plane. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure either. Uh, I don't, yeah, but anyway, you can look that up if you ever care about it, but, uh, yeah. So Morgan Wallen, are you a country music fan? I like country music, but I'm not up to date on, uh, on artists of today. So a couple of weeks ago, I went and saw Luke Combs. Yep. He's a, he's a superstar right now. And he was, he's a great singer. He put on a great show. I had a good time. Morgan Wallen um he i was more excited to go to morgan wallen than i was luke combs and i didn't have a ticket and it was actually on my birthday he was playing his first of two nights so we were kind of joking around that day i was on the radio show and they said hey you got any birthday plans i said well uh, i kind of i'm thinking about going to morgan wallen they said do you have tickets i said not yet i'm kind of stalking them online playing the markets they're pretty expensive i want to see if i can find the right price and this one guy chimed in he said you should make a sign that says it's my birthday take me to morgan wallen i said i'm gonna make a sign that says will slut for tickets just kind <laughs> of been in joking and then it, it, i ended up making that sign and was ready to go slut myself out down by bush stadium for some tickets 
But luckily, uh, a friend came through, and I ended up down in the pit for it. Wow. First, it was amazing. Wow. Amazing show. Morgan Wallen is a hell of a showman. I had at least heard two-thirds of the song. It's more enjoyable to me if I know the words and feel like I can catch the beat and like almost be more involved in it. I would, could probably do that with about a third of the songs. But it was it was a blast. Nice. And then he was back the next night and I was off that night as well. And again, about two hours before the show, I got a text that said, hey, got a, got two extra tickets if you want to go to Morgan Wallen. So I ended up going back to back nights. The second night was not as cool because it wasn't, you know, down in the environment, but uh, great show. Yeah, I think my sister went to one of those shows. Um and then all of my nieces went to Taylor Swift last night in Kansas City. My sister was there. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Are you a Swifty? I respect what she does. Um, I like some of her songs. Um, not all of them. But she is. This is something else. This whole. She's, she's like a, a country unto herself. I've heard I heard someone say last week again don't know if it's true or not but that by the time this tour is over it will have brought in over a billion dollars. <clears throat> That's nuts. That is freaking nuts. And more power to her. Um you know maybe it's my age uh or just lack of being in tune with with modern pop culture but like I don't get it in part cuz I don't, I, I, I'm sure I've heard several of her songs, but I wouldn't be able to name one. And I, I wouldn't be able to name the title and I wouldn't, I don't know who she is. Like, like as a person? Yeah. For as large of a presence that she has making a billion dollars on tour and as large of a following as she has. I don't know. I'm, I know she's read, led a very public life, but I don't know who, I don't know what she's about. Like, I, yeah, know she, Justin, I could tell you kind of my perception of like Justin Bieber. I could tell you, you know, my perception of, of some other celebrities, but she seems like she's just kind of clean and girly. And that doesn't, um, I, I would rather her have some sort of scandal. Well, I don't, this could be a mischaracterization of her too, but I feel like the the kind of go-to line with what Taylor Swift is, it's get in a relationship, have a public-ish kind of breakup, make an album, yeah. sell millions, wash, rinse, repeat. I don't know if that's true or not because yeah, I don't yeah, follow her life and her, yeah. But uh, she's doing something right because that tour is just, it's it's a phenomenon right now. Good job, Taylor Swift. Um, wow, it's a, this is a big turnaround from one of our episodes, which I think was titled, Fuck You, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, it's not my cup of tea, but I respect, I mean, I respect what she's doing. Enough people like it where she's doing something right. You think you got a chance with her? Absolutely not. No, I wouldn't throw the absolutely in there. I would, uh, what Probably not. Probably not. But if you were to write her a letter or maybe even rehash that Dominique Mochianu letter and just yeah. scratch out Dominique's name and put in Taylor, you might be onto something there. <laughs> well, we as are as, newly single. We are allows you to send it. We're newly single. We're on the prowl a little bit. Yeah, you've got enough in common. Do do I start? do i shoot for the stars right off the bat yeah for sure and then send her uh, a clean roman wipe <laughs> hey i would you if you would let me i would be honored to use a roman swipe roman with swipe. you <laughs> with you miss swift <laughs> oh my gosh uh, i think you got a shot maybe i'll have chat gpt help help me pin a letter to taylor swift to confess my love for be good content for the podcast 
Yeah, could be. Next episode, you're like, so what's new, buddy? And you're like, well... I got a DM from a celebrity. So I'm dating somebody that's kind of famous. And she's wealthy. <laughs> <sighs> that would be great. I I think... But like, what is... Does she have good taste? Like, is she... I mean, I'm sure other people dress her. Um, Does she have, like, good tastes in food or like is she is she would she be interesting to speak to across the table that's where I think my question is I don't know how interesting she'd be to speak to she does come off a little dry to me at times but again that is kind of a an uneducated uh you know view from afar I don't you're right I don't know enough about her to say one one way or the other but you know that's what I'm going to say in the letter. Be like, I don't know much about you, but I would really like to get to know you. That's, I love that. That is a genuine way to go about it. And I don't, I didn't want to just read about it on Wikipedia. I would like to the opportunity to get to know the real Taylor. Yeah. Is her, is her real name Taylor Swift or is that a stage name? <sighs> Great question. I think it's probably her real name. It probably is. That's a sweet ass real name. I'll give it to her um yeah i think we're gonna do this yeah you're gonna reach out i think i will reach out to do you think the handwritten letter do i need to get my hands on an address um yeah yeah probably uh do you because she's got to get more she probably gets a lot of handwritten letters i was gonna say you think she gets she's got to get more dms than like handwritten letters there's probably tons of both but what what would you think she would have a better chance of seeing a DM or a handwritten note? I think for someone of this magnitude, you might need to get a billboard at our next city or our next tour stop. Like the best you're right. The best bet would be to do something that would go viral. Yeah. Like, like one of those stories where like, someone asks a celebrity to their prom and they show up and and go. Yeah. And I think the best vehicle for that would be to use today's like social media situation. If you, if you could, if you could make a, yeah, if you could make a video that could have enough like groundswell of support, if she could get her to get eyes on it now, whether she'd agree to anything is a whole different story, but the best chance for her to get eyes on it, would probably be through a viral act of some sort. Maybe this podcast will go viral and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Um, like, cause I don't think she's dating. I think it's unlikely that she's going to see um, nobody's like you and me. <laughs> uh, you mean famous people, but if like a clip on TMA went viral or a clip on the big if went viral, that might build up enough cash to uh, to get like a groundswell of support for this relationship to occur. Well, it looks like we're starting a grassroots campaign to get me and Taylor to in the same room. What if you just what if you like legally changed your name to like Swaler Tiff? or something else. <laughs> i kind of like d'angelo i don't really want to venture off of that uh, but d'angelo swift sounds isn't swift. that a nfl player i was just gonna no um deandre swift is uh yeah i was just thinking the same thing but i think d'angelo mochianu sounds way cooler than d'angelo swift do you think what are the what okay if the chances of getting taylor swift's eyes on a uh a love letter was one in a million what do you think the odds i could get dominique mochianu's eyes on one i think i honestly think we may may have a chance of getting dominique mochianu on this podcast really it's not that one is actually not an insane stretch i will and i I would say the odds there are about one in a thousand 
to get her on the podcast or to get her on uh her eyes on the the letter um well i think uh well you don't have the letter anymore i'll write a new one is what i'm saying oh okay um let me see if she's married yeah she's married to some guy named michael canales who looks like kind of a beefcake a lot of yeah i'm on her instagram and i'm seeing a lot of gymnastic stuff i think she may be like a in the coaching world or the training world um yeah, looks like she's i think i see a photo here of her in her wedding dress and she's also got a child okay so what we're, what we're gonna do is start by hitting the follow button so i'm now what following about her what about her you think maybe she would come on the podcast or that she would be open to like a fling with you okay well i'm gonna tell you right now i'm doing a little research on the fly here uh, are you you're not on her instagram are you uh no i'm not okay well just for reference here uh we've had a couple of pretty famous guests on our podcast and i'm talking about chris sapphire and shubham goyel maybe you've heard of them each one of those guys <laughs> each one of those guys has over a half a million instagram followers Dominique Mochianu only has 100K. Oh, okay. This is definitely happening. <laughs> yeah. So I think what we'll do is we'll cut something together from this episode, similar to what we did with Shuby when we first started trying to get him. We'll post it. We'll find the right hashtags to get the eyes of the gymnastics world on it. My next white whale and I'm saying it right now, my next white whale is Dominique Mochianu. My goal is to have her on this podcast by the end of the year. I think that's great. I think that's great. <laughs> um, sorry, I was looking up Oksana Bayul, and she got married in January 2015, but they do live in Las Vegas. So she's, you know, she could, she could potentially um, be on too. I really liked Oksana Bayou back in the day. Like that was, was she a like figure a skater? Figure skater, 90, 93 and 94 world champion. Um, she competed against uh I want to say Nancy Kerrigan. Like she was she was like yeah, she she's um she was a real looker back in the day. All I remember oh. is a, a video, they did like a personal video of Oksana Bayul, like you know, they do profiles of superstars during the Olympics. And it's like on her off time, she likes to dance and it showed her dancing in a club. And that image of her dancing in a club at age, you know, whatever, it, it always stuck with me. I, I'm, I see your mouth moving and I know there's words coming out, but all I've got on the mind is Dominique right now. Well, are there any other former uh, Olympians that maybe? I actually, I truly think that former Olympians would be happy to come on to this podcast. Uh, we can't go too huge, like Michael Phelps, right? No, we got to go back to like Barcelona or something like that to find. Let me just find out. Uh, Barcelona. Just pick an obscure sport. Nineteen ninety-two USA Olympic volley volleyball or like javelin or uh, maybe we could get carl lewis <laughs> i saw a sweet ass photo of him the other day um <laughs> <laughs> right, he was really in, yeah he was he was on the number it was on the podium on number one and this was the like the nazi olympics right like it, it was in um berlin that year and Hitler had said, like, how uh, essentially black people physically are not as gifted as as Aryans, white Aryans. And there he is um, on the podium, number one. And uh, um, the German sprinter is like on the third, given the Heil Hitler sign. Wow. Nineteen athletes and okay, here we go. Got a full list here. Looking for it. Metal. 
winners list. List of 1992 Summer Olympics medal winners. So we've got diving, we got swimming, um, synchronized swimming. Maybe we could find a synchronized swimming member to come on. Like um, just off the top of my head, uh, Sarah Josephson. Ah, yeah. We talked about getting her before, <laughs> but we went with Cassie Moore instead. Yeah. I want it Hindsight. to be American or British because um, I, I don't speak many other languages. Um, we have we could get an Aussie. We could get an Aussie. I would love an Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still, I know yeah. we've kind of moved away from the, the reality TV thing, but I still think it would be fun to have Marvin. <laughs> it would be fun to have Marvin. Did you get, you got that clip I sent you a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? uh yeah yeah from like america's got talent or something yeah uh you know there there's a pretty cool basketball team that won gold that year too maybe we could get like larry bird what's the least famous name on that on the 92 dream team i would say christian leitner even that's gonna be a stretch that's a pretty big name yeah um we could maybe get like uh, hey, does your friend still coach for that NBA team? Yeah. What team? The New Orleans Pelicans. We need to get Zion on to talk about this whole situation he's got on his hands. <laughs> There's zero chance that that is going to happen. There Why don't we more... just have, would he come on? Would your friend come on? That would be interesting. Maybe he would. Um, I don't know. I'm sure it's not like it's a major press event. No, it's nobody will see it. Nobody will see it. So it's either him or men's flat water canoeing K1 1,000 meters bronze medal winner, Greg Barton. Greg Barton or Zion Williamson? Take your pick. I'm going to go with Zion. I told myself I would never go back down the Barton trail. You're out of your fucking mind. Uh, yeah, he is an American sprint kayaker. Born in 59. He's in Jackson, Michigan. I bet we could get him. Okay, you work on that. I'll work on Dominique, but I'm serious about the basketball coach. That would probably be a fun, fun person to talk to. He he's a great guy. He's a great it's the guy. off season right now. Now would be a good time. All right. All right. I'll reach out to him. All right. Well, you know, how how long we've been going here? Can you Over tell? An hour. Over an hour. All let's right. end let's, this catastrophe. Let's finish with this. One more thing. We had so much fun doing this the last time we did it that I want to go back to the New York Post and talk about which zodiac sign is likely to get divorced. An astrologist tells us all. Ooh, okay. I'm going to start with me. I'll come back to you. Since I've already kind of been through this in real life, I don't want to like rain on your parade. So let me find mine real quick. Uh, what's your sign, by the way, while I'm looking? I'm a Taurus. A Taurus. Oh, yeah, you're a bull. Yeah. Bull. Oh, man. It's not just going to tell me Aquarius, right? It's the age, baby. We're in, we're in the sun. We're, um, the Aquarius is what, behind the sun right now? I think so. I think you're right about what, that. Is that what that means, that it's right behind the sun? Uh... By the way, if that's the case, how do people actually know, like, without looking straight at the sun? I'm not, like, I don't what, see it. Must be hiding. Okay, so this isn't going to tell me all the signs. They're just telling me the one that is the most light. It says, while there are many roads that lead to discord and a myriad of reasons for calling it quits, one sign stands apart as the most likely to take leave of their vows and strike out solo. Mm, okay. So any of our Aquarius listeners, listen closely, because this is you. Aquarius is a fixed sign, meaning natives dig in and hold on. But in the realm of relationships, that holding doesn't apply to their partners, but rather their own inflexible ideals. Fellow fixed signs like Taurus, Scorpio, and Leo all have their reasons for staying married. Taurus can't be bothered to find a new place to live. Leo... (laughs) Leo can't abide romantic failure and Scorpio doesn't want anyone investigating their finances. Okay. 
I'm a fixed the, sign, huh? You are. Well, the bull is very, you know, Ornery. rigid and, you know, what's the word stubborn. I'm looking for? Stubborn. stubborn. Yeah, yeah, stubborn. Yeah, that's true. I should have read that beforehand. I thought that was going to tell us all our signs. That's all good. You know, who cares I about studying just... content before we <laughs> talk about it? Yeah, well. I didn't know Dominic Mochianu's net worth before I looked it up. So two million. Two million. And she could well, be on you. She could take you to several Taylor Swift concerts. If and I don't go- teach you a few things about somersaulting. If I'm not at a Taylor Swift Swift concert with Dominique Mochianu by 2024, I think I'm just done. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'll I'll quit my job. I will I'll stop bathing. I'll stop okay. feeding feeding my pet. Just get into some I'll, hardcore drugs and just see yeah. how quick you can crash. Dominique, don't do this to me. Please, please, please go to one Taylor Swift concert with me. You can pick the city. I, just give me a little bit of notice. I will drop everything. And I'm not, this is, this is not, I don't want this to come off like I'm begging. <laughs> but please, <laughs> but, but please, Dominique, I've loved you since I was 11 years old. I can still picture you and the devil went down to Georgia doing your thing on the floor routine. Please just go to one Taylor Swift concert with me. I'll leave you with that. Please, by the way, Dominique, if you're interested, write to us at thebigifpod at gmail.com. And I would just say, based on your public net worth, you should probably pay for the tickets. But that's I'll leave that between you and D'Angelo. Yeah. Not going to get involved there. Um, but yeah, uh, if your name is Dominique or you know a Dominique, <laughs> you've heard of any, if you like Dominique, uh, what, uh, Dominique Dawes, Dawes uh, yeah. Dominique Wilkins, um, then please write to us at the big if pod at gmail.com and just let us know, uh, what your thoughts are on, uh, <laughs> variety of topics. Otherwise, we're gonna pack it in and we'll see you next time. The one, the one we've brought it up before, but the one email and it, the one message that we got, uh, we've said it wasn't a great message, uh, but it was unsent. When we didn't respond, they unsent it. So the number one spot's still wide they open. Sent the email? No, but the exact same message went to me personally. Oh, right, right. right. And it was unsent when I didn't didn't really respond. All right. All well, right. it's been <laughs> it's been something. <laughs> Glad you came to this podcast. <laughs> Enjoy your life. <laughs>